I'm WTOC's Camille Syed, and I sat down with Dr. Ann Levette, who will retire from the Savannah-Chatham County Public Schools superintendent position on June 30th. We talked about everything from her proudest moments to challenges the school system is still facing. Here's that conversation now. I'm superintendent of Savannah-Chatham County Public Schools. Beautiful. Tell me, when did you become superintendent of Savannah-Chatham County Public Schools? June 1st, 2017. 2017, a lot has changed since then. Tell me about some of the changes you've experienced um, in your time as superintendent. You know, I've experienced a lot. That's a really very difficult question. I think, you know, a big part of that whole six years been hurricanes and tornadoes and any kind of weather event, uh, but seriously um, looking, of course, at the impact of the pandemic, but also so many changes in technology and changes in the way that we do business at the school district. So we've gone from paper record, report cards, if you believe it or not, to electronic report cards. Nobody even thinks about that anymore. And then changes in the way we transport children. So we've gone to a dramatically reduced uh, method of transportation or uh, number of transportation routes. And then we've had some wonderful experiences with moving to one-to-one -one technology and then expanding our offerings from pre-K to 12 for students in the academic areas. What has, what has been some of your favorite moments um, serving as superintendent for the past few years? Oh my goodness. Well, I would say one of the most joyful moments I've had is the opening of the Acorn Academy. Like, who doesn't love three-year-olds? <laughs> but to be able to realize that dream has been just so satisfying. Seeing the school district serve three-year-old students and allowing them to move from a three-year-old program to a four-year-old program to kindergarten is absolutely awesome. Wasn't sure I'd ever be able to do that, but we were able to do it. And then I think seeing our young people be exposed to uh, careers like drone aviation and having them benefit from our partnership with St. Joseph's Candler with a uh, clinic right on the campus. And then having them have the experiences out in the community to have the apprenticeships, all those things brought really joy, a lot of joy to me. Yeah, um, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges you faced? Oh, I think um, just surviving the pandemic was a huge challenge. Before the pandemic, we thought it was really a challenge to survive and come back from hurricanes. Like that was like the bane of our existence was hurricanes and weather disruptions. Well, they would be considered minor these days, um, considering comparing in comparison to the pandemic, which has had long-term uh, impact. I think though, that challenge, um, though I think we did very well, considering it was something that only happens once in a century, we hope it doesn't happen again anytime soon. I think just the disruptive nature of that was a challenge. And then I think coming back from it continues to be a challenge. I am very excited and proud of the things that we've been able to do. The pandemic had its um, downside, but it also woke up 
and brought to the forefront a lot of creativity. We were able to do things we wanted to do before and we didn't get them done. Like we wanted an online school, we got it done. We wanted one-to-one -one technology for kids, <laughs> we got it done. So lots of creative ways um, and innovations that may have been waylaid further. Um, but we were able to get those things done. You mentioned um, some lasting impacts that have carried on after um, the pandemic, and we're still saying COVID today, but um, you know, just after the severity of the pandemic, what are some of those lasting impacts? I think we're all, as a nation, frankly, as a world, still trying to manage some of the things that really came to the forefront um, as a result of the pandemic. Before the pandemic, there were mental health issues. We just didn't think about them. We didn't deal with them the way we're dealing with them now. A good lasting impact is that we recognize that there are mental health challenges and we're constantly in search of ways to address them. So that's the lasting impact that can be seen both ways, but I think it, it's much more um, acceptable now to indicate if you have mental health concerns. I think that's something that needed to happen. We saw that a lot in our industry, um, didn't always have the supports in place, and we're doing much better with putting those in place. I think also that, I think we learned lessons about isolation social isolation as a country, as a world, and also the impact of that in the schooling environment. And I think those are good lessons for us to learn. The importance of knowing how to get along and when those uh, skills are formed. And now we're still, as a nation and as a world, trying to regroup and learn like how to be sociable and how to live as a community. Um, some of the lasting impacts that we've seen and just across the country are bus transportation. Um, it seems like a struggle across the country for school districts to have a full staff of bus drivers. Um, how have you all tackled that and, and are still tackling that um, situation now? What's really important to recognize is it's not just Savannah. You know, in Savannah, we think it's, everything's about just Savannah. Um, but I think understanding that there are staffing shortages in every area. So there's a highlight on bus drivers because Savannah has always transported anyone who wanted to be transported, and we could do it. We transported more than 30,000 students before the pandemic. Not maybe quite 30, maybe like 25, 26,000 out of the 37,000 students we were transporting. The bus driver shortage is something that we're continuing to work on. We've upped the pay, expanded the benefits, expanded our recruiting, but we also have lots of challenges with people saying, I don't want to do that work. It's not just that you know people aren't available. People are available, but they're choosing not to do that work. So we are continuing to look at how we can recruit, but at the same time, we have to grapple with this reality of not being able to transport as many students as we have before. And I wanna make sure that I point out, it's not just bus drivers, it's in almost every area. 
And if you look at what's happening here, you see it happening everywhere. There, I can imagine in the run of a day, it doesn't matter where you are, the customer service has changed, the way businesses are operating is cha has changed because of staffing shortages. And I'm not saying that we've gotten used to it as a community because we haven't. We still complain when there are things not on the shelf. We still complain when stores or retail outlets or offices shut down early or maybe shrink their hours. But it's all most of the time associated with staffing shortages. So they are in every area. And the school district is no different. You're, we're talking about staffing shortages, so we know that also teachers um, leaving the industry or less people deciding to become a teacher, teachers retiring sooner, um, is an issue around the country as well. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how you guys are working on that, especially with the budget um, that's being proposed now? It sounds like there are substantial teacher raises um, and more support for teachers. Can you expound on that? So I do also want to point out teacher shortage existed before the pandemic and I think it will continue to be there. Teachers were highly valued during the pandemic because whether we want to admit it or not, teachers are considered to be a part of the caretaking industry. Well, there are some teachers who've been working a lot of years and they said, I don't want to do this anymore. And they have the right to decide to retire. And when you think about the way that we regard teachers, in our community, we regard teachers well. We treat them well, we pay them well. But frankly, we need to do a better job as a country in the way that we honor, respect, and compensate our teachers. Most people would not be able to pay the kind of salaries that our teachers deserve. But every year, we make a concerted effort to compensate our employees, including our teachers. We do our very best. I wish we could do more. Our teachers deserve more. And if America wants to maintain any kind of competitive edge, it will need to reconsider how it compensates educators not just teachers, but everyone in the, in the enterprise. I want to switch gears a little bit to uh, Dr. Watts being voted in last night. Um, why do you think, do you think that she's a good candidate to fill your shoes? Oh, I think she's a wonderful candidate. Um, you could hear her heart and her passion uh, for this work, and I think given what we are hoping to do in the next chapter, I think she will, she's ready to do that. I also know that she has great respect for the work that's already been done. And I believe that over the next 12 months, she will analyze um, what are the next steps that need to be taken. So she's a very thoughtful person and she's experienced. She has great support here, so I think she will do well, and I'm looking forward to seeing her work. Yeah, what do you think, um, if you could give her any advice, if she's watching this, you know, whenever it airs, if you could give her any advice, what would that advice be? Stay focused on the children, and ensure that all of those persons who need to be a part of this process stay involved, that they know their role, 
and that we all work in the direction of supporting children. There are so many distractions and distractors, but knowing that your primary job is to ensure that children have access and opportunities, is, if she does that, she will do well. Um, there's so many ways that you know, her eye can be taken off the ball, but I think she's pretty focused on making sure that kids get what they need. What do you think will be some of her biggest challenges to tackle? I think her biggest challenges will be the challenges we have right now. Bus drivers, transportation, um, making sure that children are seen as whole people and not just test scores. I think that the other challenges that she will face are the same that we're facing right now, staffing shortages. And then helping people understand that children are more than just a number. That because a child may not be functioning where we say he ought to be this year does not mean he won't be there next year. And that our responsibility as a community is to support the persons who are in the classrooms every day to make those changes happen. I think the other thing that she will do is to remind um, people that everything does not happen at the schoolhouse door that there is a requirement that parents, families, youth-serving organizations also have a role in shaping and supporting children. Another challenge it seems that the school district is facing and across the country as well, these are, every time I say challenges, like here and across the country, um, are lower literacy rates. And it seems that that's a result of the pandemic. Do you have any advice to her and to staff on hopefully bringing those literacy rates up? Well, I think she's very well versed in um, looking at academic achievement and, and improving that. Um, she comes to us with a rich uh, background in academic, you know, academic achievements. So I think she's, you know, pretty well equipped in that area. I do appreciate your acknowledging that this is not a Savannah problem. This is a nationwide problem. Thus, the states and everyone focused on third grade reading. What I know that she will do is also acknowledge the hard work that happens between third grade and graduation. Because if you look at the reading levels of children in 11th grade, you'll see a dramatic increase. So we don't want to acknowledge, we don't want to forget that because one is not reading at grade level, at third grade, means he stays there through the rest of his or her career. That if you look at their reading rates as they get older, you see greater improvement. And that the supports have to be in place for that to happen as the children get older. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? What else would I add? Um, it has been an absolute honor and privilege for me to serve as superintendent. As a 24th superintendent of Savannah Chatham County Public Schools, I never imagined it. Savannah, there is a local bias. There is a bias, and if we look at the list of superintendents in this community, my community, the community I'm born in, <laughs> 
you don't have local people become the superintendent for some reason. Not sure why that is. So I, I consider it to be an esteemed honor. What I don't want is I don't want to I don't want to be the last one to be in the seat. There were 19 years between me and the last local person. And I just think that our children and our community needs to understand that because you're from the area does not mean you cannot function in an executive position in the area. I just think it's really important to recognize the possibility of being a local person means you can also be the owner of a television station. You can also be the morning or the evening anchor. There should not be a local bias, but sometimes there is. And so I hope that my serving in this position said to children, you can be anything. You, as long as you work hard, you're focused on excellence and self-improvement, you're willing to move away if you have to, build your skills, but that the people that you've grown up with and the communities, communities you've grown up with recognize your potential versus your zip code. I think that's really important. An important message that you can be anything you want and impact the community that raised you.